Good morning and welcome to a Monday edition of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley, Andy Anders alongside. We welcome those of you watching us on the Chris Landry Football Channel. And um, hey, keep it locked right here because Andy, we got a whole hour to break the news as to whether college football will be played in the Big Ten Maybe the Pac-12 this year as we're on the cusp of the news happening this morning. Could find out live on air that the season has been canceled. Um, honestly, Bruce feeling pretty angry, feeling pretty uh, Salty. Salty Andy Anders this morning. Um, you know, not just personally because obviously this kind of affects, you know, what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the pure ignorance on the part of people putting very powerful positions in the Big Ten. Um, first off, that presidents and ADs alike don't seem to realize that football players and coaches, A, want to play and B, Shocking. safer playing. Shocking probably, they want to play football. Than they would without a season. Guys who spent their whole athletic lives sweating, practicing, honing their skills, they actually, Andy, want to play a season. They do, and they realize that they aren't a risk <laughs> to catch covid or die from it. Um, Shocking that the presidents, upon the release of the Big Ten schedule last Wednesday, realized, oh my goodness, they might actually play games. They actually might do. They actually do something. <laughs> I thought all those big guys over there in uniform were just—I don't know—I thought they were like the marching band in weird uniforms or something. Yeah, this appears to be a big revelation to the presidents that uh, hey, they unveiled a schedule. They must be thinking about play. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, Big Ten presidents sources saying uh, twelve to two. Twelve to two. To have walk voted, over. Have voted to cancel the season. Iowa, and Nebraska, the lone holdouts. Ohio State president, Nat, well, president elect Christina Johnson. When does she get on the job? So I officially. I'm thinking September one. I'm thinking whenever the fall semester officially okay, well, it's starts. It's got to be like in a week or two. Yeah. Pretty soon. She was not involved in the first nah, meeting of presidents. Nah, why would I be on a call that has anything to do with whether Ohio State football is going to be played or not? Nah, right. It's not, a, it's not important. And then the second meeting, when they vote, she's there, apparently, because I don't know how else they arrive at 14. Maybe um, somebody else voted in her stead. I mean, I, not to, I'm, I won't, but uh, she's from New York. You can imagine how she voted. She's from New York, and she was the president. Wasn't she, wasn't, wasn't she uh, well, she also worked, she went to school at Stanford, I know. So she got yeah. the Stanford, New York. She was president at SUNY. SUNY, yeah, SUNY, New York, the State University of New York system. So um, that sounds like a bad. You know, one of those against. campuses sounds like a bad lounge singer. Sunny Buffalo. Sunny. Buffalo. Sunny Buffalo. Hi, here's Sunny Buffalo. Volare, whoa, Sunny Buffalo on the microphone. A wedding singer. Uh, yeah, State University of New York at Buffalo. Oh. Kristen Johnson. The president. Now, you think she ever tackled any of these vexing multi-million dollar athletic issues at SUNY Albany or SUNY Buffalo? Absolutely not, but Ohio State hasn't exactly hired presidents <laughs> that care about athletics in the past couple decades outside of uh, Gordon Gee. Andy, she played field hockey at Stanford. She's <laughs> eminently qualified to make wise decisions about Multi-million dollar operations like Big Ten football. Right. And that's not to say she isn't qualified to be president. It's just she isn't really qualified to make the decisions about athletics, you know, that uh, maybe defer to Gene Smith on this one or the 
other people that are in charge of those athletics yeah. things. But then again, presidents involved seem to be the switch that flipped, where the Big Ten went from making plans to have a season to wanting to cancel the season. Yes, Andy and I sat here last Thursday, and we went over the Big Ten schedule, and we went over players opting out, and who got you know a break in the schedule, and Minnesota got a tough break, and Indiana got a tough break, and Ohio State you know did fine because they got Purdue without Rondale Moore. And then, little knowing... That the next time we sat down to do a, a few good men on the Big Ten podcast here on the Chris Landry football channel on Twitch and on the Landry Football Network, that we would be talking about Dan Patrick of the Dan Patrick Show, uh, ESPN, you know, anchor for years, well connected throughout the sports industry. If there's a big name in sports, it's he's been on the DP Show. He or she has been on the DP Show. And DP has many people he knows and sources. It could be anybody in athletics. It could be anybody at ESPN. ESPN pays for the college football playoffs, so they might have somebody who knows knows DP, right? So uh, that's why we sat up and everybody across the country sat up and took notice this morning, uh, about 10 minutes after 9 in the East, when Dan Patrick said this. Here's the information I got uh, almost an hour ago. The Big Ten and Pac-12 will cancel their football seasons tomorrow. The ACC and the Big 12 are on the fence. The SEC is trying to get a delay to have teams join them. The SEC is looking at exclusive TV contracts. So once again, then I followed up with my source and I said, so the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled tomorrow. That's what I'm told this morning. Three Big Ten teams that I've spoken with said it's done. And I followed up by saying, so the SEC might go alone and bring in other schools. That's the latest. They're trying to buy time, according to my source, to see if the ACC or Big 12 will go along with them. Now, Andy, I got to say, if COVID-19 is responsible for answering the age-old question, how would Ohio State do if they played a regular season SEC schedule, then I am all about the (laughs) COVID-19. Because Ohio State and the SEC would be phenomenal. Jump right on that ship. Let's oh. do it. High State Georgia, High State LSU, High State Alabama, regular season opposed. game. I am absolutely not opposed to going. I, heck, I'll get an apartment in the South <laughs> to cover an Ohio State season in SEC country. That would be phenomenal, would it not? Oh, College football goodness. might get better if we get rid of most of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. The NCAA would cease to exist. Pac-12 ain't been well, Once, once these guys figure out how much, how much money could that TV contract bring in? Oh my Adding Ohio State to the SEC. Does the SEC have a Rutgers? Like, we got we got Rutgers. Okay, so we're ready to get rid of Rutgers in the Big Ten anytime. Who could the SEC marginalize? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. There you go. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Sorry, jaunty little nautical we man. We didn't even discuss that before the podcast. Sorry. First name, both of us came up. <laughs> sorry, sorry, all you uh, esteemed journalism grads from the Vanderbilt Grantland Rice School of Sports Writing. We're ready to move you right on out. <laughs> move Ohio State right on in. Maybe we can even put Ohio State in a bubble in Nashville. Let what? them play in the SEC. Why not create a super conference? You know, oh. just take all the top teams from every conference out there. Just all one big mesh. We'll end up owing COVID a big thank you if that happens. Oh. At least athletically. We're not. We're obviously exaggerating. We know it's a horrible disease, and we know many people have died. But look, man, we've got to have a little bit of fun here. And so, uh, what do you think of the DP report? 12-2 Big Ten. Let's go through it piece by piece. 12-2 presidents 
Iowa, Nebraska, according to DP, saying we want to play. 12 schools saying, no, we can't do this. Do you find that plausible? Do I find it plausible that it would be a 12 2 mm-hmm. vote? Yeah. Um, I don't. Nothing that the bureaucracy has done since, you know, the beginning ever? of this ever <laughs> has ever surprised me. Yeah. Um, the fact that it was presidents. Like, if you told me it was a 12-2 vote from the ADs, I'd be more surprised. That would surprise me as well. People that know athletics and know, hey, there's a lot of guys who are at less risk if they play than if they do not play. And um, all the things we've discussed on all the other episodes Mm -hmm. of this podcast here. And um, so the president's voting 12-2 does not surprise me nearly as much, though. And uh you, you hate to politicize the issue, right? And I hate talking po- involving politics. Here's and the sport. deal: everything is political. People say, "I oh, don't bring politics into it." Oh, we're in the real world here. Politics touches everything in our society. It just does. I'd say the teams from the bluer or purple states seem to be the ones that voted. Now I can never keep track of red and blue. The blue are. Lean, lean GOP. Yes, and the red, <laughs> lean uh, right, red right. Okay, red. or red left. Sorry, red left. Red. Gotcha. Yes. Seems to be. Yeah, uh, I uh, I won't get too much more into that, but it that's the way it felt to me. Well, and in the South, uh, the South is uh, leans blue. You know, so if uh, the mindset of blue leaning states is reopen. We've seen that in Florida. We've seen that in Georgia. We've seen that in Texas. Texas is not a part of the S. Well, yeah, it is a part of the SEC. Sorry, Texas A and M. I didn't mean to. Didn't mean to marginalize you there, Johnny Manziel. You, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's possible and plausible. Look, Ohio State football is essential to the culture of Ohio State, but I would say on the whole, college football is more essential to the culture of the SEC than it is to the culture of the entire Big Ten. Agree or disagree? I agree. The Big Ten has generally more broadly offered varsity sports than the SEC. The SEC has fewer sports on average per school than the Big Ten. And I have always believed that's because the SEC wants to put the lion's share of its money into football. And they do. And the national championships over the years reflect that. Um, Certainly, individual schools in the Big Ten, chiefly Ohio State, can compete. But generally across the board, I think the SEC is deeper, and I think it's more important to the culture of the South for them to play football. So I expect the SEC to be the last man standing if we get to a point where conferences at the Power Five level, the Mac's already done it, cancel football. But the SEC, I don't think, can play alone this year. No, that's why they're going to recruit other teams, I think. Right. They want the Big 12 or the ACC in there. And here's what I don't understand about this, Andy. We presume... Everything? Well, yeah. But (laughs) we presume that if the Big 10 is going to make a decision not to play football, the Pac-12 is going to make a decision not to play football. Let's not overcomplicate this. What would be their overriding reason for not playing? Liability. Or we don't think it's safe, right? It's not safe. Not safe for the kids. Not safe for us, you know litigation wise but it's liability it's you're right it's liability safety so i keep seeing from college football reporters you know the big 10's ready to cancel 
but they're watching and wondering what other conferences' response will be. Well, if you're convinced that canceling college football is the best thing for your players and is the best thing to insulate you from legal damages financially, why do you care what other conferences are doing? Well, <laughs> why? I mean, why does that matter? Maybe because they realize it's a dumb decision, or it's a, going to be a very unpopular, decision. very unpopular. That's yeah. the word. I, that's the yeah. more it's the accurate, be a very unpopular decision, especially among the players. Very clearly, they've made that more than apparent the past twenty four hours. And I commend all the athletes who have spoken up on Twitter. Uh, just just look up the hashtag We Want to Play. If you want to see the player reaction to this, oh my goodness. Look up the hashtag we want to play on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It is a firestorm from every school you can imagine across the country. All players up in arms, voicing their opinions. And we've talked about, we talked on the last episode about players having a voice. And I think it's great for players to have a voice. Sure, and this absolutely. is when it's awesome. And you might see a union form out of this now. I think that might be what scares the president. Hey, if we cut this off right now, we can stop that union movement. It seems like they're strengthening it to me if they cut it off at this point. Uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, both out front, many players around the country. Um, and it's shocking to me that a hashtag campaign and social media postings by players can make these administrators pause in their determination to cancel the season. Did they not think... These guys wanted to play, and if they didn't think it would be a decision players would criticize, how disconnected are athletic directors and school presidents from the mindset of their scholarship athletes? It raises the question, do you think they're, it's giving them pause because they're just coming to the realization that, oh my goodness, if we cancel the season, players are going to be upset about it? Or is it, again, the public outcry thing? Why is the Big Ten waiting? Public outcry. Why are people... They they now realize just how unpopular this is going to be. You think President-elect Christina Johnson casting her vote to cancel the football season doesn't know how terribly that will affect her popularity among Ohio State fans? Well, if she doesn't... uh, Students. As a public service to President Johnson, let me just say (laughs) that your lone female predecessor uh, as Ohio State president, Karen Holbrook. If you walk up to your garden variety Ohio State football fan, and how many presidents are we removed from Karen Holbrook? Did Dr. Gee follow her the second time? And then, I believe so. And yeah, then it was Gee and then Michael Drake. Michael Drake, yeah. Okay, so we are now three presidents removed from Karen Holbrook. And I'm sure Karen Holbrook did many, many fine things while she was the president of Ohio State University. But if you go up and ask an Ohio State fan, hey, what do you remember about the presidency of Karen Holbrook? They're going to say, oh, you mean the lady who killed the drinking at tailgate parties? You mean the lady that tried to, like, outlaw drinking at tailgate parties? That is her epitaph as Ohio State president. She was the killjoy of tailgate parties because she took great umbrage at public intoxication prior to and after football games. I'm not making a value judgment. I'm not a drinker myself. I'm not making a value judgment about that. If you keep people safer going home, if there are no DUIs, I'm all about it. But I'm just saying, 
That is her reputation. So all the great things she did for hospitals, all the great things she did for research, all the great things she did for development at Ohio State have been wiped off the slate of everything at Ohio State because she's the woman who tried to kill tailgate parties. That, Christina Johnson, is how important football is to Ohio State's culture. Gordon Gee, two times the president of Ohio State, uh, I love his enthusiasm. He got it. He understood the football culture at Ohio State. And Gordon Gee told me one time, presidents in college athletics, Bruce, get fired for two things, hospitals and athletics. Hospitals and athletics. You don't get fired if your faculty doesn't publish research. You don't get fired if your fundraising's in the dumper. You get fired for hospitals and athletics. Can't make a mistake on either one. So that that's our little, you know, Helpful hand I will to say, incoming Ohio State President Christina Johnson. We'll say I don't envy her position, you know, being the new president on the block while this is happening. <clears throat> and obviously she's strongly outnumbered if she were to take a stand against it, not that I would yeah. expect her to. Here's the deal. Leadership is about evaluating the facts, making a decision, casting vision courageously and... um unwaveringly defending your decision. If Christina Johnson genuinely believes it is unsafe to play college football on the Ohio State campus, at her level of career achievement, she should have no problem coming out and eloquently articulating why it is not safe for Ohio State football players, staff members, and fans to have college football this year. She should have no problem doing that. She's a very smart lady. So I don't cut her any slack. What I what I really strenuously object to is 14 presidents meeting, us getting a decision, not a formal vote total from the Big Ten, and not an on-the-record vote from people who are paid millions of dollars to lead these universities by the taxpayers in their state. I have a big-time problem with that anonymity. Well, that's the other thing. We need accountability in all of this, right? If... If it gets canceled, as it now appears inevitable to be, you at least need to know who made that decision, articulate why the decision was made, sure. tell me who voted against it, who voted for it, and let the people decide what their views are on that. Uh, if you can defend it, you can articulate it, then I think people are smart. And people will realize, you know, if you can eloquently, but you can't because this is a stupid decision to cancel the season, as we for the reasons we've discussed before. Okay. The reasons why I think, I can only speak for me, I can't speak for Andy, I believe that the numbers on COVID, the more we know, we know vastly more about it now than we did in mid-March when the basketball tournaments were canceled. I thought that was a prudent decision given our level of lack of clarity on its reach and everything. In the months that have happened, we have gotten more data. We become hopefully more educated every day on it. The data is very widely supported that young people are at far less risk than older people or immunocompromised people. So I believe the correct decision for college football and for those of us who are healthy is live your life, take reasonable precautions, don't be fearful. You may get it. You may know you, you know, you may get it, but it won't kill you. So I'm ready to press forward. I would have made the decision if it were up to me 
We're pressing forward. If Justin Fields tests positive and he's out for two weeks, quarantine, okay, it's like he sprained an ankle and he's out for two weeks. Um, but I don't understand how we move from 15 days to flatten the curve to no one can get this ever. Well, I you bring up a great point, and I think what I will say is this. I, why not let the coaches and players determine if they want to put themselves at risk? Yeah, Inform them on the consequences and the health risks and all those things if you really think it's a serious issue. But is it really that hard to draft up a liability waiver to release yourself from that, any And people? that's a great question. Dave Biddle of Bucknuts tweeted last night, you know, it's amazing that just now you start listening to the players. And I said, you know, maybe it would be a powerful assurance to the presidents and the people who are afraid of lawsuits if the players would agree to sign a binding legal waiver, I'm gonna I'm gonna play, and I'm not gonna sue you if any whatever happens to me. Exactly, draft them up a binding legal waiver like that, and then the risk is totally transferred to them. You did your part. Yeah, explain the risk to them. Explain what protocols you're gonna go through for the safety part of it, and then let the players decide. Uh, we thank you for joining us here on the Chris Landry Football Channel. Uh, the web address is twitch.tv/backslash Chris Landry Football. You can listen to this podcast on your mobile device. You can sign up for the Landry Football Conference call wherever you get your podcast. You can also catch this show on LandryFootball.com. That is your headquarters for not just our podcast, but the In Defense of the Big 12 podcast, which follows at 11 a.m. Eastern time here on Twitch. We've got SEC Gumbo. We have an ACC show. We have fantasy shows, NFL shows, film breakdown shows, high school football shows, recruiting shows. We've got it all. Landry Football is your home for all things football whatever things we have that are football-related <laughs> yeah. here in the fall, approaching the fall of 2020. So uh, before we get back to this, Andy, uh, there is recruiting news from a young man that you talked about a week or so ago. And by the way, on the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch, you can also text us your questions and put them in the chat. We'll respond to them here live on the air. Yes. Um, so we I've talked about uh, in the past how poorly Michigan's recruiting in-state this cycle in a pretty mm-hmm. – one of the most talent-rich Michigan classes that's come through in a while, um, and they lost another uh, recently. Rocco Spindler, number three overall player in the state of Michigan, I believe, in the 24-7 composite, which combines all the site's rankings, so it's kind of the most comprehensive ranking list. Uh, spurned Michigan for Notre Dame. He was between the two. And so it still stands that the top ten recruits from Michigan, only two are currently committed to the Wolverines. Um, let me look up here. In it already, what is it? Number one, three, and five. Then are committed elsewhere. Yeah, uh, the top guy is a defensive tackle that we talked about at length, who was um, thought to be a Michigan lock until in mid March. <laughs> Michigan stopped sending him texts, stopped sending him all mail, all correspondence. It just like that was it. His father doesn't know why. Michigan never said why. And now he's headed to Alabama, a five-star defensive tackle. And then the number five player in the state, Garrett Dellinger, headed to LSU as well. Um, and uh, we just talked about Spindler. He's going to Notre Dame. The number eight and nine players both heading to Penn State. Uh, so is the number 11 player in the state. And then the number 10 player, Caleb Tiernan, is heading to Northwestern. And if you're wondering, well, he's the number 10 player why, you know, that's kind of deep in the class. Mm-hmm. Well, Michigan has a commit from the number 12 player in the state. So it seems like they're recruiting that deep into the state. Not, uh, yeah. as we stated in the past, you you wonder 
is Harbaugh's grip wearing off on recruiting as well as obviously, you know, the talent gaps widening and the rivalry? Yeah. Michigan, how long are they going to be stuck in that nine win, ten win rut? Will they ever get out of it under Harbaugh? I maybe. But I don't see them being what I envisioned they would become. Oh no. When he was hired, I thought, oh man, this is on. Like they're going to be fighting over Ohio recruits and it's going to be the ten year war all over again. You know, a two-game winning streak in the series is going to be huge. Uh, not so. And he's coming to Ohio Stadium this year, if in fact there's a season. And he's not winning in Ohio Stadium this year. Oh no. And zero and six. Uh, he's the first guy ever to go zero and five against Ohio State. So just um, that's where we are. Um, and I don't see it changing. Uh, so um, there is no further update on Twitter from um, here's a Pete Thamel. Yahoo Sports spoke to a group of five AD. You know this is this this scalds me. Why do none of these guys, none of these guys, put their name on their quotes? <laughs> and I'm not on Pete about this. I'm sure he wouldn't be able to quote this guy if he didn't promise him anonymity. But I'm like, the leadership vacuum is amazing to me. Like, own your quote. Own it. Own your viewpoint, please. Group of five AD. When the Big Ten cancels, we're expecting to be on call within a day. Everyone is watching the Big Ten. There could be some patience to see who joins them, but that's the domino everyone is watching. So let's just recap here, shall we? The domino effect of college football. When the Ivy League canceled, that precipitated the Big Ten and then every other conference going to a conference-only schedule. So the poobahs of Power Five, the haves, People with the multi-million dollar budgets, multi-million dollar coaches, allow the Ivy League, a school where they do not give athletic scholarships, to make up their mind for them, and do not play Division I football, by the way, to make up their mind for them on what kind of season they should have, conference only. Now the Mid-American Conference, a conference that is not a part of the Power Five, a conference that will never get a team in the college football playoff if the Power Five guys can do anything about it, uh, is setting the tone for, oh my goodness, the MAC canceled. Well, the MAC canceled because when the Big Ten and other conferences went to league-only games, MAC teams are popular patsies for Big Ten teams in the non-conference. Ohio State had Bowling Green and Buffalo, right? MAC teams took a more than $10 million hit financially for not playing Power 5 non-league games. MAC schools subsidize their athletic departments with student fees and university general fund contributions to the tune of 68% of their athletic department revenue they run on. 68%. You're a student at Kent State, you're a student at Eastern Michigan, you're a student at Western Michigan. There's a financial assessment on your bill that funds Western Michigan, Kent State, Eastern Michigan Athletics. There is. You pay for it. You don't do that at Ohio State. Ohio State's athletic department is self-sustaining. So when you take $10 million out of MAC athletic departments, Andy, or you take $2 million out of Bowling Green athletic departments, they can't afford to play football. That's one of the overriding reasons they're moving or hoping to move their season to the spring. So the Big Ten, like, by knifing the MAC in the back and not honoring its contracts in effect, brought pressure on themselves to cancel the season because now people are going, well, it's not safe to play in the MAC. How can it be safe to play in the Big Ten? 
why do you care about the if you're the Big Ten? Why do you care about the MAC canceling? It, this reminds when I played football in high school, our coach used to say there are lions and there are deer. There are lions and there are antelopes, right? Why is the lion taking any credence to what the antelope is doing in this case? I like why are you letting the MAC determine whether you, as the Big Ten, plays football or not? Yeah, or as the the Ivy League in your case, and as you stated earlier, it, it's just <laughs> it's crazy to me because sixty eight you would never see that at a Big Ten school sixty eight percent. Of your athletic department funded by students. I had never heard that figure. 68% by general fund contributions and by student assessment fees. Yeah. So why is the Big Ten sitting here going, okay, now we need to follow what the MAC does. The MAC is the beacon of college football. I understand there's they have a regional, you know, it's basically, the MAC is basically the schools that are good enough to be in the Big Ten but in the same region, right? So I understand why regionally, that could make some semblance of sense. But from a perspective of medical personnel on staff mm-hmm. at universities, the facilities you have to operate, the monetary reasons, there's there's no reason to follow what the MAC does other than maybe they were looking for an excuse to cancel the season in the first place, and this was a domino that fell. This would be like letting a, a billionaire, letting a homeless person come up with their... Uh, financial budget i mean it's literally the big 10 compared to the mac are billionaires no billionaire goes out to a homeless guy on the street and goes what do you, do you think i should buy the tesla or the corvette no 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 don't do it don't you, you can't afford it i mean it's nuts for the big 10 to let the mac make any decisions for how it does anything is crazy because it's not just athletically it's also operationally I think every school in the Big Ten but one has a hospital on campus. No Mac school has a hospital on campus. They just don't. They're just smaller schools. They can't afford it. So, the crazy stuff, which is a good time for us to get to our You Can't Handle the Truth segment. Uh, If you can handle the truth coffee-wise, you want Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee. It's the best coffee out there. It is definitely the truth. They buy it direct from growers in foreign countries like Indonesia, Thailand, Ethiopia, Growers get more money, you get better coffee. Awesome coffee. Ask about their house blend. You can get it in K-Cups. You can get it light, medium, and dark roast. They'll roast it to your specs. Go to their website, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Peruse their menu, flavored coffees, anything and everything you want. It's the official coffee of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. And as such, you get a 15% discount when you use the promo code, in all caps, BIG10. You can't handle the truth. All right, my You Can't Handle the Truth is the tone deafness, I alluded to it earlier, of administrators, presidents throughout the conference. Uh, If your behavior, decision-making, can be impacted by a well-orchestrated hashtag campaign, uh, you really have no backbone. I mean, a hashtag campaign. Really? That's what we're talking about. Uh, Master Teague, Ohio State running back tweets the hashtag, I want a season. And I picture Big Ten presidents all throughout the conference cowering under their desk. Oh, no, another hashtag, I want a season. Master Teague, if people went through the hours upon hours of physical, mental, and consistent hard work that we athletes go through, you'd want to have a season. So let's have a season. Yes, Master, I understand that. Uh, Not to mention the fact that um, for Master Teague and for other college players of his comparable ability, 
playing college football is essential to getting drafted in the NFL. Now, Sean Wade, Justin Fields, Chris Olave, Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis, to name Ohio State players, are going to be drafted in the NFL, and they're going to be drafted high. Master Teague will be drafted, but if Master Teague never plays a down of college football, Andy, where will his draft position be relative to where it could be if he has a season like J.K. Dobbins had a year ago? Um, I'd say he's not even on anyone's draft board right now. Yeah, so there you go. Like, if Joe Burrow had not been able to play football last season, He's not a first rounder. He's not a He's not a second or third rounder. No, he's a day three pick. He's a day three pick, Joe Burrow. He got a chance to play. His hard work, dedication, the Master Teague just alluded to, turned Joe Burrow into the Heisman Trophy winner, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and generational wealth. So, you know, when you're canceling a college football season, you are doing to college football players what you would be doing if you had an economic student on the cusp of getting a great job with Morgan Stanley or Dean Witter, and you came in and willy-nilly, three weeks before the academic calendar is supposed to begin, you say, well, we're wiping out all the ac- all the economic <laughs> all the economic course offerings here at Ohio State. I mean, this is their career path. You might not approve of it. You might say, well, I should balance it off with studies, and many of them do. We've talked before about the value of an Ohio State degree for an athlete who does the right things. The value of a Michigan degree, a Maryland degree. It's, it's appreciable in those markets. But to not be aware of how much football means to these young men is, to me, a glaring lack of tone deafness. And that is my, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth! Well, for me, um, I it has to be Kevin Warren. Mm. Mm. I have been astounded. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Wall. By, he feels like a lawn chair in the middle of a hurricane right now. <laughs> like that visual of just immediately being swept up. And he, his, he seems to have no leadership right now. And like you, I said on another pod to cut, maybe I would think that he... Is it first year on the job kind of a jitter thing? But mm-hmm. this is just inexcusable, the way this has been handled. It, I, like I said a minute ago, the Mac, the fact that the Mac is the big domino that fell that yeah. all of a sudden we're going to cancel the season now. But also, why are you deferring to the presidents on this? Why are you not putting your foot down and letting the sports people make the sports decisions. Or at least making a passionate case for playing. Presidents are the bosses. I don't have a problem He's not making a passionate case either way. He's not, no. I mean, last week when the Big Ten announced its schedule, and I thought, you know, accidentally stumbled on a brilliant PR move. Oh, look at this. We're releasing our schedule, and it's getting a buzz. Wow! Maybe we should do this. Mr. If we're blessed enough to have a season out here. He couldn't back up enough on the day of the big conference schedule announcement. He couldn't say enough. This is no guarantee we're going to play. It's not a straight line. I mean, way to throw ice water on the party, Kevin Warren. And here's the other thing, to your point in his lack of leadership. He's on a conference call with the Power Five commissioners throughout the summer. And they have a conference call the day before the Big Ten announces its conference-only schedule. And he doesn't mention on the call the day before, to the SEC, Big 12, ACC, or Pac-12 commissioners. Oh, and by the way, 
Don't be caught off guard tomorrow. I'm making an announcement that we are going to a conference-only schedule. That, Andy, has been cited by many people on Twitter as the breaking point in a cohesive decision-making process by the college football poobahs. People are saying, well, there's no coordinated response here. Of course there's no coordinated response. Kevin Warren went behind the backs of the other four commissioners the day after he's on the phone with them, told them nothing about the Big Ten going conference only. Why would they include Kevin Warren on anything? It just shows you everything wrong with leadership in college football. That people like this in power can't give a courtesy, just a few words to the other commissioners when you're on a call with them, like you said. I there just has to be a central force in college football because you you have situations like this. This virus was the perfect thing to expose what is a catastrophic lack of leadership in the sport. Kevin Warren has been uh, just just terrible throughout this mess in my estimation. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously I don't get paid millions of dollars like he does to do what he does, but I guess to play back uh, armchair quarterback here, it just hasn't been a good handling at all. At least take a stand. I just love yeah. to see him be emphatic one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, the first role of a leader is to cast vision. Explain where we're going, why we're going there, and how we're going to get there. Cast vision. He's not cast any vision at all. Exactly. I mean, I'd be upset if he was on the cancel the season train because obviously I'm against it, but I, at least, at least he would stand for something. And not be a lawn chair in a hurricane. Like, um, Before we wrap up, how plausible, let's say Dan Patrick is right in his report, that the Big Ten is going to cancel its season tomorrow, the Pac-12 is going to cancel its season tomorrow. There are many people who are going to say, uh, well, you know, here's what they ought to do, you know, the Big Ten players. Uh, gentlemen, uh, I don't know this person. Let me check his, uh, his background. Uh He's got a blue check, but he's not in the sports media. But this 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 mindset is is out there. If the NCAA cancels the college football season, it would be kind of amazingly American if all the college football players formed their own sort of minor league football league within their existing team structures. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, they could do deals with TV, streaming platforms, barstool sports, etc. Generally, Andy, um, I find the timeline problematic for something like that. Do you think, what percentage chance, if the Big Ten says tomorrow we're not playing football, what percentage chance would you give of Ohio State going rogue and saying, well, we're playing. We'll figure out a way to play against SEC teams or against Big 12 teams or against ACC teams. If Big Ten presidents say we're not playing would there be a level of dissatisfaction such? Would there be essentially a palace coup? No, no, we're playing. Um, what percentage chance? I'd say 10. I It's hard to go against your university president in any situation. Yeah. But Where's the, the money going to come the from? The call yeah. would absolutely be there from the players. I mean, they'd the players and coaches would immediately be in Gene Smith's ear being like, hey, we got to find a way to play. Could a financier swoop in and, f- and fund the football program? And you also get the sense among this team that they think it, they believe it's a special team. Yeah, correct. Uh, Why wouldn't they think so? 13-1 and one a year ago. 13-1 a year ago, you returned probably the best offensive line in the country. That's beside the point. Um, and they, if they do it, other Big Ten schools might do it too. I mean, we haven't even talked about that. Obviously, Ohio State as the power of the Big yeah. Ten, the gold standard that's been since Urban Meyer came to town and now Ryan Day. 
obviously they're the main talking point of a team that would do that and that has the resources to do that. Obviously, they have more money, more facilities, more power, more the alumni base, more everything than all the other Big Ten schools. But if they do it, I think you could see other teams jump ship. I think the percentage chances are much, much higher for the other schools if Ohio State does it first. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up in this is the players, the possibility of a players' union. Mm-hmm. Um, we touched on it very briefly earlier, but I think that even if you see the announcement tomorrow, Big Ten, Pac-12 canceled, the this could be the final thing that falls for a players' union in college football. I mean, you've been seeing murmurs about it. You had that thing at Northwestern a few years ago where the players were trying to form a union. Um, but this has been this has broken the bonds of the conferences now. Before we saw the Pac-12 and the Big Ten doing their own, you know, we are united thing. Mm-hmm. But now, and and by the way, Ohio State players at first kind of said, okay, we're we've got a great situation here at Ohio State. We're confident in our facilities. They kind of weren't fully on board with what the Big Ten was doing. Now Justin Fields is tweeting the same poster as Trevor Lawrence, talking about the potential of coming together as football players. And I think it would be great for the sport to at least have some central force that moves things. Because, again, clearly, this virus has exposed a lack of that. And if it comes from the players, it comes from the players. Yeah, I think the presidents have no idea the long-term fallout of a move like this. And I want to be clear. I'm not advocating that you play college football with the chief reason being to sustain the economic viability of the current college athletics model. I'm not attached to that, and it's certainly not a reason if it's not safe to play to play the season. I'm just saying some there are dependent events in the world. You know, if you walk out in front of a bus, you're probably going to get hit and die. That's a depend if you don't walk out in front of the bus, you don't get hit and die. If they cancel college football season, I think one of the dependent events is going to be a widespread economic shortfall in college athletics, which is going to lead to, by necessity, fewer athletic scholarships being offered. I think you could see football scholarships cut by as much as 20 per team. You could see, and I believe will see, mammoth numbers of sports cut at schools around the country. You could see coaching salaries widely reduced throughout the country. Again, I'm not making a pronouncement up or down. My personal feelings on that are not relevant. I just think these are dependent events that if you cancel college football, you have to find a way then to live going forward without Barry Alvarez saying Wisconsin, out $100 million. Alabama said, out $75 million. Ohio State will be out tens of millions of dollars if they don't play college football. You can't sustain those numbers of losses. We talked about the MAC not being able to pay its bills this year because, on average, each athletic department was denied a million dollars from non-league games that wouldn't be played. If their margins are that tight and they're living quote-unquote month-to-month like that at the MAC level, they've gotten very good (laughs) at Ohio State at spending every dollar they bring in because you have to do that to be non-profit. You do. You have to do that. Exactly. So they've spent and spent and spent and spent. And all of a sudden, when the money train stops because you pull the plug on football, it will be a dependent event that will force widespread changes to college athletic life as we know it. Again, not making a pronouncement good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying that's going to happen. We, uh, we've talked about the plight of football players all on this podcast, but think about what if uh, there's going to be a lot of athletes next year that don't even have a sport to play as a result Correct. of this. They'll have a club sport to play. That's what they'll have. Yep. 
You will. Uh, you'll probably have... And, or and you'll transfer. Or you'll transfer to a place that offers it. So that's where we are. Um, by Thursday, we should have some clarity. <laughs> uh, but the clarity we thought we had last Thursday, we now have no longer. Right. We had a schedule last Thursday. We thought we, uh, we, thought thought we had we... a season last Thursday. Yes. But uh, as of right now, it's not looking promising. We'll see. Again, the news at the top of the show. Uh, Dan Patrick reporting that... Uh, Iowa and Nebraska are the only two presidents in the conference that have the stomach for playing college football this year. DP reports the Big Ten and the Pac-12 will cancel tomorrow, that the SEC is looking for a way to play and may recruit other schools, rogue schools, in conferences that cancel to see if they want to play football. Be delicious. Be interesting. Not Good. sure it's doable. Super conference. Super Make conference. it happen. I know this. The uh, A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast on the Landry Football Twitch channel is doable and will be done again on Thursday at 10. Stay tuned, top of the hour, for our friends from the Big 12 in defense of the Big 12. We'll see where they are with playing college football. We're all about it, but we don't make the decisions. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again Thursday. Thursday.